last month sometime that I was so looking forward to getting into 1 Peter chapter 3 um, because it is like one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And I know that I say that about a lot of the scriptures that we cover that, oh, it's my favorite, oh, it's my favorite. You know what, they're all my favorites, but this one is. It's one of my favorites because of the context that is in it. But even more so now than ever, given the vision that I feel like the Lord has, has given us as a church, but as individuals, um, God is wanting to work in you as an individual. Um, the, 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 the vision that, that if, if, if you catch on to the vision that the Lord's given us for this year as an individual, it, it will come back out into your family and into the church. I think that the first two aspects of submission that we have covered in the last couple of weeks, dealing with even the, the vision that the Lord's laid on our heart and how it just came along and, and you know, with the text that we're in, um, talking about submission, Peter has addressed um, what we have to do or what we are, should be doing as individuals that have to do with our conduct as citizens, what we're to do as, as citizens in public. You know, and, and again, the challenge for us is to do what is right on a regular basis, to go deeper. If we want to go deep with the Lord, then, then we, we ought, to, ought to be doing what the Word's telling us to do on a regular basis. And then he, he challenged us about submitting in the workplace, how we're supposed to conduct ourselves when we're at work. And, and I think it's not only the employee, but also as employers, how you're supposed to treat the people that you're over. And so, again, these aspects that we have covered in the last couple of weeks and how the vision that the Lord has given us here has been being taught all week and we still have like another two weeks to go. There's so much that is part of this vision, but both of those had to do with being out there, being in the public, being out and about but both of them had to be had to do with submitting to authority and those who are over us and even though it has to do with us as individuals when we're out and about i believe that it translates into our family because if god is truly changing us from within as individuals out there then our families are going to benefit from the changes that god is doing in your heart it will spill over to your family and into the church as well. And, and, and I would say this, too, that as it spills over to your family, into the church, it spills out into the community as well. And so my heart for the vision of 2014, which is deeper, it was to present it to you on an individual basis. Oh, I, I, I want the church to catch on. That corporately we would have that same vision of saying, yes, Lord, I want to go deeper. But it starts with individuals. I know that when the, the Lord was, was sharing it with me, it was for me first and foremost that I had to receive this from the Lord. And I was praying, Lord, is this just for me to go deeper as a person or is it for the church as well? And so as I prayed it through, you know, the Lord reveals, this is what I want you to share 
with the people. And so I wanted to share it to you, with you as individuals, even though we're here corporately, because nobody can take you deeper unless you're wanting to go deeper. As a church, we can go deeper and you can just stay on the shore if you want. That, that, that's truly up to you. Nobody will make you go deeper unless you want it. And granted, you will be the beneficiary of all the rest going deeper, even if in your home, if your wife or your husband or your kids want to go deeper, but you want to stay on the sidelines, then you're going to benefit from it as well. But, but if you've got to kind of go out a little bit but are not really into it, then you're going to drown. It's going to be worthless for you. And the bad thing is that if you try to go deeper, but it's not really your conviction to go deeper, then you're going to take people down with you. And I don't want to see that. I'd rather see you grow and continue to grow and bring others with you because they're wanting to go because they're seeing your life and the changes that have happened in your life. And they're going, I want the same thing. And again, it's going to benefit not just you as a Christian, but you and your family. And it will take others with you. And I can only imagine what God wants to do with us as a church if we desire to go deeper as individuals and as families. And so Peter now turns his attention to the family as we continue on the subject of submission. It's interesting because you ladies are up first. (laughs) And as the saying goes, ladies first. Now, I want to say, as we go and get into this study, I want to say, ladies, don't take it personal. But I can't say that because I truly want you to take it personal. I want you to to take it so personal that it changes your life, that it rocks your world. I I, 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 I don't want you to walk out of here going, that just really wasn't for me. Pray for that other lady, but not for me. No, I want you to take it personal. And I don't care where you're at and you're walking in, in life right now, or where you, how, how old you are in the Lord. I want you to take this personal. I don't care where you find yourself in life today, whether you're young or old, whether, whether you're married or not married. I want you to take it personal. I mean, it's speaking to the married ladies, but I want you single ladies. i I want you I want you to take it personal. If you find yourself alone now, I want you to take it personal. If you find yourself as a widow, I want you to take it personal. Because if you receive this and apply it and use it for you and even your family, How's it going to look when you start sharing it with other ladies in this fellowship that need your experience, that, that, that need the, the lessons that you have learned through this whole thing, that now you can impart that kind of wisdom to other people in your life? Now, now understand that I am only the messenger here, okay? <laughs> I am only the messenger Peter is the one that's writing this. And he is the one that's saying this. And to his defense, he was married. So he does have some cred. That's credibility for you that don't have street cred. Um, 
I don't want you to think of Peter here as a male chauvinist as we read what he writes. I don't want you to think of him because it almost sounds like he is saying, you know what's worse than a male chauvinist? A woman who doesn't do what she's told. He's not a male chauvinist here. He's just being kind of straight up of, of, of what the Lord has laid on his heart to put down so that we can have it today. And I do want you to take it personal. I truly do. Now, before I start hearing the amens from you men, <laughs> as we get into this section of scripture, the little elbows is like, hey, honey, he's talking to you, man. That's you. Pay attention, woman. Next Sunday is right around the corner. <laughs> and we only have one verse for us guys. But I will tell you right now, man, that you should put on your big boy pants for next week as well. <laughs> guys, it's not like I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait because I just want to smack the women and throw them around. It's like, no, nah, that's not my heart, man. My heart is to encourage you. Rebuke you, yeah. But encourage you in love. And I truly want you to hear my heart, guys. Because families are being ruined right now in people's lives. And part of it is you women are causing this to happen. And so, again, take this from a heart of a pastor who loves you, who cares for you, who wants nothing but the best for you. <clears throat> I want you to, to understand that it's not, it's like, oh, you Zeke, man, you're the male chauvinist pig. Um, that's not my heart, man. Um, so anyways, let's go into 1 Peter chapter 3, first six verses. <coughs> it says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, and putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid of any terror. If, if I may, I, I want to read to you these six verses through the Amplified Bible. It's a little long. And I want you to keep in mind what we have just read and trying to follow along. And I'm going to try to give you each verse as we go through it because I want to give you a better clarification, a better understanding of what God is saying through Peter as he writes here. And quite honestly, ladies, I am so glad I am not a woman being told to do this. I would not want to be in your shoes if God is convicting you to do what we're going to study today. And I think that it's because I'm too much of a baby. 
I, 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 do, I do not want to be in, in that place where you guys are at if you find yourself there. And understand this, as we go through this, not all of you guys find yourself here. Some of you guys have already learned the lesson and can look back and say, man, if I would have heeded back then, I wouldn't be in the mess that I'm in now. And some of you ladies have, have, have kept it on, right on, man. Keep doing what you're doing, what you've been called to do, and teach other women how to do what we're, we're sharing here. But I also wouldn't want to be the man that puts my wife in a situation like this. To be, to be responsible, to have to put my wife in a place where she has to submit grudgingly. Man, I don't want to be that man either. <laughs> and so, this is the way the Amplified puts it. Verse 1. If you can follow along. In like manner, you married women, be submissive to your own husbands, subordinate yourself as being secondary to and dependent on him, and adapt yourselves to them, so that even if they do not obey the word of God, they may be won not by discussion, but by the godly lives of their wives. Verse 2. When they observe the pure and modest way in which you conduct yourselves, together with your reverence for your husband, you are to feel for him all that reverence includes, to respect, defer to, revere him, to honor, esteem, appreciate, prize, and in the human sense, to adore him, that is, to admire, praise, be devoted to, deeply love, and enjoy your husband. Verse 3. Let not yours be the merely external adorning with elaborate interweaving and knotting of hair, the wearing of jewels or changes of clothes. Verse 4. But let it be the inward adorning and beauty of the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible and unfading charm of a gentle and peaceful spirit, which is not anxious or wrought up, but is very precious in the sight of God. Verse 5. For it was thus that the pious women of old who hoped in God were accustomed to beautify themselves and were submissive to their own husbands, adapting themselves to them as secondary as themselves secondary and dependent on them. Verse six. It was thus that Sarah obeyed Abraham, following his guidance and acknowledging his headship over her by calling him Lord, Master, Leader, Authority. And you are now her true daughters if you do right. And let nothing terrify you, giving you, not giving way to hysterical fears or letting anxieties unnerve you. That is a lot. That is what he's asking of the women. That is what he is commanding us by the word of God, you women. To be submissive to your husbands, to your own husbands. And Peter here is extending that principle of respect 
and submission to those in authority. He, he, he is now bringing it into the family dynamics, the family circle. This is what you ought to be doing in your family, women. This is where you're supposed to be at right now. Being submissive to your husbands. You see, God has set everything in order and there is order in everything He has set up. Because God is a God of order. And God is not the God of chaos. In every aspect of life, there is order. The things that God has created, there is order. And if He has designed it, then it is best to follow His design than to try to make up your own design because it won't work. God is a God of order. And if we follow His example, we will do well in all ways. And so he has set up order, not only in the universe and in this world, and everything falls in line, but we see order like this in business and, 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 and governments and, and things like that, and he brings it into the family as well. He says, there is a structure that I need in family. And if you follow that, you will do well. And this is what it says, and I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures, so be ready to write them down. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. He says, But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. You see the order that's that's there? Even Christ, even though he is equal with God, and he doesn't have to fight for that equality, he knows that he's equal with God, yet it tells us here that, 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 that God is the head over Christ in position like that. But guess who's right above man? Christ is. As man, we, as males, we answer to him in that sense. He has placed us in order. And so when the woman says, well, that's not fair. It's like, listen, woman. <laughs> that, sounded, that doesn't sound great. Listen, ladies. <laughs> you, if you put yourself under that, he, your husband is responsible for you in answering to Christ in the marriage. So you kind of almost have it easy. You just have to submit to him. And if something goes wrong, he's the one that answers for it in that sense. Oh, granted, you still have your relationship and you still will be accountable for your sin. But in the sense of marriage, he says, here's the rank that it will work well in. And if you follow this rank, you will do well. If you put yourself in that position, listen, it's not like God hates women. Because in chapter, in verse 7, he will tell us that women are, that men and women, we're equal inheritors, or we will inherit equally the kingdom of God. It's not like he hates women. It's not like he made them less than women in that sense. He's just structured it a certain way. And he says, you will do well if you follow this. You see, women are wired differently than men. I don't know if you know that. And he saw it fit, God did, to best put woman under man, to fall into rank, it's a military term, fall into rank, submit under the authority of man. Because when you do that, women, when you put yourself in submission to man, you find yourself in a good place. 
you find yourself in a right place and a blessed place because God has set up that order. When it goes out of order, you're in the wrong place. It's not a good place to be. He didn't call you to be the head of the household. He has called man to do that. And so when you step back and you say, whoa, wait a minute here. (laughs) I've been trying to subvert (laughs) the authority of my husband. It's like you're in the wrong place. And things are just not going to flow the way they should. And in your mind, you're going, no, things are flowing really well. It's like, "Mm, nah, it can't. You might, you, you might pull the, the, the purse strings and, 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 and have the reins and stuff, but that's not the way God designed it. And it's not like women can't be leaders. It's not, it, it doesn't mean that they can't be as spiritual as men because they are and they can be at times. But because women are wired differently, they're more vulnerable to their emotions than men are. And so God said, this is the best way to do it. I I find it interesting that in the Garden of Eden, as, as God made man and he placed them in the garden and he gave them the instructions, he told them what to do. And again, I don't know if he gave them the instructions before he created woman or after he created them, he gave them both instructions. But be that as it may, he gives instructions to the man and he says, this is what you are to do and this is what you're not to do. But I'm pretty certain, no, I am confident, <laughs> that the man had given his wife the memo of what to do and not to do. Because when the woman goes and does what she wasn't supposed to do, she knew she wasn't supposed to do it. She knew it. So it's not like, well, you know how men are. They forget to tell the women everything. It's like, not on this one. He told her, do not go over by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said, we can go everywhere. Don't go there, woman. What are you doing over there, woman? She finds herself right there at the knowledge of, of, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She finds herself in a place where she wanted to know more. Now, when I look at that, I'm thinking, you know, I, I wonder if she had this concept because Satan kind of throws it out there that when he's deceiving her, because God knows that in the day that you eat of it, you will be like him. And I'm wondering if this woman is thinking... I want to know more about what God knows. So I'm going to find myself closer to find out what God wants in my life. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not for sure on that. But she finds herself in a place where she's wanting to know more. And I have said this many times as in contemplating this situation. If that is indeed the fact that she wanted to know more... Where was Adam at? Adam, where were you at? Where are you, Adam? Where is that she is in a place that she wants to know more, maybe even spiritually speaking, she wants to know more. Adam, where were you at? Were you in the garage tinkering again? Where were you? Were you working overtime again? Because you know, I got to go make money. And your wife is having to, 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 to get closer and bring the family closer because you're too busy. Were you out playing video games there? Adam, where were you? Where were you? How come you didn't, you weren't there with your wife when she is seeking to, to gain more knowledge? Where were you, Adam? 
But it's not about men today, it's about women. So. <laughs> but the, the, the serpent, he deceives her. He manipulates her in a sense, kind of. But she finds herself in a place not submitting to her husband. She had been told not to go there, but she went. And in a sense, she finds herself in a place not respecting her husband's authority. She was superseding that, that authority. She had gotten the memo. She had been told, don't go there. It's not a good place to find yourself. And she usurps his authority and she disrespects him. And she finds herself in a place where it's going to get you in trouble. Now, the first thing that she should have said is, as the snake came and began to deceive her, first thing she should have thought is like, whoa, wait a minute, stop. Why are you talking, snake? (laughs) Whoa, wait a minute. She should have been like, honey, there's a talking snake over here. Send him away. He's trying to sell you something. No, no, no. Like a real talking snake. He's not trying to sell me something here. It's a real snake. I could, I could picture Adam going, I got to go see this. You know, heading off over there. It's like, there's a talking snake. No, actually, she shouldn't have done any of those, uh, those things. What she should have done when Satan came to her and began to convince her, or t- try to deceive her, what she should have said is stop talking snake, let me go get my husband. I wasn't even supposed to be here. But let me go talk to my husband because I don't make these kind of decisions alone. I seek my husband's authority on this. But you see, she didn't do that. Not a bit. She went around that. (laughs) She didn't even ask him, hey, should I eat of this tree or something? She doesn't do that. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing when, when you have to go through the woodshed because a man does something stupid. It's almost like, oh, you know, we're stupid. We do stuff like that. It's another thing when a girl does, or a woman does something stupid. It's like, honey, you're not supposed to do those things. You're supposed to be like a good girl. You know, you're not supposed to be doing stupid things. But now we're going to go to the woodshed. Huh. You know, when men do it, it's like, that's what men do. We're, we're idiots at times. I know, I know you're thinking like, wait, Zeke, I thought it was next week that you were going to call us idiots. Uh, but you know, you know what I'm saying. You know, I, I, I find it interesting that, that, again, it's like, man, here we have to go through all this because a woman didn't pay attention to her husband in that sense. And it's interesting because Paul, the apostle, is making the point to Timothy when he's writing to him and sharing with him the role of the woman in the church that he says this. In 1 Timothy 2.14, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman, being deceived, fell into transgression. The woman fell into ta- transgression. That, that word translation, or transgression means that you see the line, you go up to the line, you know you're not supposed to cross the line, but you cross it anyways. 
That is transgression. Sin is just missing the mark. And we sin and we mess up. And it's like, oh, I can't believe I did that. No, transgression means you knew that you weren't supposed to cross it. And that's what Eve did. She knew she was, there was a line drawn already. But she willfully crossed it, crossed over. Now, I know I've probably shared this at other times. But it's interesting because she's the one that did it or was deceived. <laughs> but Adam did it willfully. It's like, you're kidding me, Adam. And I've said this before. He could have just like, God, get rid of her. I got more ribs. Let's make another one that's not disobedient. <laughs> but he didn't do that. You see, something had happened. <laughs> Adam had become one with her. And there was a closeness that I believe he was willing to go to hell with her because, because he loved her that much. He was willing to be disobedient because he loved his wife so much. And he was willing to go through the woodshed with her. Still think it's like, man, you had so many more ribs, bro. Come on. But you see, if she didn't understand before, she would understand now after the fall. When God comes to her in Genesis 3.16, and he said to the woman, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, but he shall rule over you. He was going to get it straight with her. See, her desire was not so much as like, well, I, I just have this amazing desire for my husband. No, her desire was to have that authority that her husband had. And God says, no, he will rule over you because you did this. You transgressed on purpose. It was your husband's choice here. And so he tells her again, that he will rule over you. But then it says in verse 1, and we're going to spend more time in verses 1 and 2 than the rest, but anyways. um, It says that even if some do not obey the word, talking about the husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, uh, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. Now, most commentators uh, say that this refers to an unbelieving husband, a husband who does not know Jesus. And I, and I agree with that. But that makes the case here not to date or marry an unbeliever because you will find yourself in this situation, ladies. If you marry an unbeliever and you know that, then you will find yourself in a place having to submit to someone who is not obeying the Word of God. But I would also say and throw this in there that there are believing husbands who are not obeying the word as well. There's plenty of those, even here, who know that they should be obeying the word, but are not obeying the word. And once again, I will make the point (laughs) to you, young ladies, ladies, that are looking for a man in your life. If that man is not already obeying the word of God, get away from him. Break up because you have a life of sorrow ahead of you. Ladies, I know that you're going like, but he's so cute. It's like, it doesn't matter how cute he is. If he is not believing the word of God, 
get away from him. If he is disobeying the word of God, break up with him. A, a, a woman should not be like so enthralled with this guy that she is like willing to compromise her faith just for the sake of having someone in their life. If he is already not obeying the word, not leading you, then you have a life of misery ahead of you. If, if, a, if a gentleman, a person, a man, is not ready to give you a Bible study at a drop of a hat in whatever subject you tell him, hey, tell me about this. And he's like, oh, I don't know. It's like, break up, give the ring back. Adios, amigo. Find yourself a man who will lead you in the spiritual things, not a man that has a pretty face or whatever. Again, man, I want to warn you in love that if there is a person in your life who is not obeying the word of God and you're attracted to them, then it's not of God, not at all. Ladies, you need to find someone who loves Jesus more than they love you. That they are willing to drop you like a hot potato in a heartbeat because of Jesus. That's who you want to marry. That's who you want to, to go after. Because if you are their everything, guess what? You're in trouble. Jesus needs to be their everything. Not that person. Not that girl. And here's where I can understand that if a man is not leading his family where a wife would pick, it, pick up the ball and run with it. If a man is not leading their family spiritually, shame on you, first of all, for not wanting to do that, for putting your wife in a position where she has to be the spiritual head. I could understand why a woman would pick it up and go because they can multitask. They'll do it because it goes back to Genesis 3.16. They want to rule anyways. <laughs> So you give them the reins, they will take it, spiritually speaking. And that is not their job. And you're putting them in a position that they were not called to. That's your job, men. That's what you have been called to, to lead your family in the spiritual matters. Man, if, 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 if a wife is saying, honey, are we going to go to church? It's like, nah, I don't feel like it. it's like, man, you're in for misery. The man, man, there should be not even a question about being in church. That should be your focus to lead your families. That's where, what, what you should be doing. And they will follow along. Well, the kids might like, kick a little bit, but it's like if dad is leading the way he should, then you're not going to find yourself in this situation where you have to submit to a jerk. I know, man, you got to go, dude, I thought it was next week. <clears throat> Somebody's got to do it, and the women will take the, take the helm if they have to. But again, I don't want to put the blame on men right now for not obeying the word. I want to put the spotlight on you women again. <laughs> Let me ask you, contemplate this. Why do you suppose that your husband is not obeying the word? Why do you suppose that they're not obeying the word? Now, if they're not obeying the word on a regular basis, how is it that you have not won them over yet? Hmm. Why haven't you won them over? If you know what these scriptures say, I hope 
you knew what these scriptures say. But if it's new to you, again, now contemplate, whoa, how come my husband hasn't been won over by me? Could it be your constant talking? <laughs> you're constantly talking and talking and talking, and they have already tuned you out. Is that possibility? They see your lips moving all the time, but they don't see your feet moving in godly things. Oh, you're talking a, a huge game in spiritual matters, but there is no walk of holiness in your life. And it's two different things. The Pharisees were spiritual, and they wanted everybody to see how spiritual they were, but there was not an ounce of holiness in them. And maybe, wives, you're talking so much, but you're not walking the walk. And they're going, you know, until I see the actions more than the words, maybe, maybe I'll start like obeying the word. Because most of them know that they should and they're not doing it. Is it possible that it has nothing to do with the spiritual matters? And could it be, could it just be the lack of respect that you show your husband on a regular basis. And that's why they're not obeying the word. Could it be that there's no fear, there's no reverence of your husband? And in one sense, they have checked out. He'd rather disobey the word of God than obey because of your lack of respect towards your husband. Guys, it, it, is, it is all about respect with men. And when a wife disrespects her husband, he will tune out. He will check out. You see, when a man feels disrespected or that he can never do the right thing, he checks out. And I'm not saying that it's right. It's wrong. It's wrong that a man should check out because his wife has disrespected him. But some do and some have because he can never get it right. You know, sometimes they just feel like, man, I try everything. Nothing ever works. So they're out tinkering around or doing other things instead of listening to you or watching you. Then you have those men who have bought into those sayings that say, a happy wife is a happy life. And if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. See, men give up the reins to try to keep peace in the family. And the wives are more than happy to take the reins. And they're happy, but the man is frustrated and miserable because those are his reins. God put him in that place. But in order to keep the peace, he says, go ahead. He's tired of fighting with you for the control. Most men know that they're supposed to have the reins and the women are crying and jabbering and nagging and doing all those things. They're saying, happy wife, happy life. And they are not happy. They're not. And in an effort to hip, keep mama happy, <laughs> guys, ladies, it's not about your happiness. It is not about your happiness. It's about your holiness. And don't get me wrong. I love a happy wife. Don't get me wrong. But I care more about her holiness than her happiness. To not be afraid to say, mm -mm, we're not going that, that direction. We're not doing the just to appease you. 
And you don't have to say it in a mean way, guys. <laughs> Just take the reins. Here's a few Proverbs that you need to write down and take to heart, ladies, as we're going through Proverbs. <clears throat> Proverbs 19, 13, second part of 13. The contentious, the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. Proverbs 21, 9. Better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. 21.19 Better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Proverbs 27.15 and 16 A continual dripping on a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Whoever restrains her restrains the wind and grasps oil with his right hand. <laughs> Virtually impossible. You see, men would much rather check out. They would rather tune you out. And I know that men don't need a lot of reasons to do that. <laughs> they can go check out and tune out for just various reasons. But it would be a good time, ladies, as we're going through this portion of Scripture to spend some time with the Lord, to take inventory, to see if you are a part of that reason why he's checked out. Could it be it's your fault? <laughs> You're saying, no, no, heaven forbid. It's like, man, it's a good time. It's a good time to check, check that out. If, 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 if you are married to an unbeliever, or a believer who is already not obeying the word. Then, and, and you knew that going into the marriage. Then there's no one else to blame but yourself. You knew that. And the only thing you can do is do what the word is telling you here. Be submissive to them. Even if they're jerks. Be submissive to them. Win them over by zipping it. And walking it instead. If both of you were unbelievers at the time of marriage and then you came to know the Lord and He has not yet, then I exhort you, do what the Word is telling you here. Let that gentle and quiet spirit rule and reign so you can win them over. If a believing husband has stopped obeying the Word, then you need to take inventory. Because I can guarantee you it didn't happen overnight. It started happening little by little and he started checking out little by little. Pretty soon he's like checked out. It's not good. You see, there's another proverb that says, Proverbs 18.22, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. You see, there must have been something that attracted both of you guys together <laughs> at one point. And most men, man, they want to take care of wives, man. They're built for that. Men are protectors, man. They want, they want to satisfy their wives. They want to take care of their wives. Most men are like that. There's something that attracted you at one point. And women, I, I don't want you to be the cause of your husband not obeying the word. I don't want you to be the cause of that. 
here, here's the two first verses that we covered earlier from the Amplified again. And, and it's a good time for you to, to just meditate on these two first verses once again. And if there's things that need to change in your lives, lady, ladies, humble yourself. Repent. If, if you're doing what's good already, and you've already like learned those lessons, or you've never had to go through those things, then pray how the Lord might use you to pour into other ladies that are struggling with this. But listen to, to the first two verses of the Amplified once again. In like manner, you married women, be submissive to your own husbands. Subordinate yourselves as being secondary to and dependent on them. And adapt yourselves to them so that even if any do not obey the word of God, they may be won not by discussion, but by the godly lives of their wives. Verse 2. When they observe the pure and modest way in which you conduct yourselves, together with your reverence for your husband, you are to feel for them all that reverence includes, to respect, defer to, revere him, to honor, esteem, appreciate, prize, and in the human sense, to adore him, that is, to admire, praise, be devoted to, deeply love, and enjoy your husband. Tall order. If you find yourself in a place where your husband is not obeying the word of God, that's a tall order for you. Again, man, I'm so glad I'm not a chick. Because, man, that is hard. Verses 3 to 6, we'll go through it really quick. It says, do not let your adornment be merely outward. Now, Peter is not saying here that the Christian woman is, was not supposed to doll herself up or look good or look nice. He's not saying that, by all means. If the barn needs painting, paint it. Paint it. Take care of it. (laughs) But don't let that be what defines you as a woman of God. The outward. Don't let that be what makes you. Let it be the hidden person of the heart that makes you. That he is attracted to that. The inner beauty that's within. That's the title of this message. The hidden person of the heart. That's what's supposed to be shining. The working title that I had was, Girl, just shut up and let them see Jesus in you. But that would be too long for the CD. But girl, just shut up. And let Jesus come out of your life. You see, it is that gentle and quiet spirit that is going to win over the harshest of men. And it has in the past. And it will. Some men have gotten used to fighting with women. It's not in their nature to do that. (laughs) God didn't wire us that way to fight with women. 
Men are supposed to fight with other men. That's the way it's supposed to go. You see, I mean, not that you should go be fighting with other men, but it's, like I said, it's all about respect. You know, when I've talked to couples and, and, and we're talking about this whole scenario and I say to the man, would you rather that I love you or respect you? Every time it's like, bro, you better respect. It's like, I understand. You see, if I disrespect my brother, then we punch each other in the face. And that's when wars start out of disrespect. But when I ask the lady, would you rather that I respect you or love you? It's like, well, I want to feel love. And ladies, every time you disrespect your husband, it comes back around by him as not being loving to you. And then there's this vicious cycle that starts, man. Well, he's not loving me. Well, I'm not, I'm not being respected and blah, 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 and this and that. And man, that cycle has got to stop. Because some men have gotten used to fighting and they're like, I hate fighting with her. Because you weren't built for that. You were built to protect her, to lead her, to take care of her. And yet because of all that, it's like, again, guys, you shouldn't even touch them because that's cowards when people touch physically like that. That's, That's being a coward. And I know some of you ladies might be sitting there going, well, I'm not gentle in any way. And I cannot keep quiet. And I will say this. This is why you find yourself where you find yourself. Just shut up. If you call yourself a Christian, then you have that gentle and quiet spirit living inside of you. He's called the Holy Spirit. But you know what? He's too much of a gentleman to fight with you too. And he'll let you linger. He'll let you battle until you surrender, until you humble yourself because the Holy Spirit is too much of a gentleman. He's not going to fight you. He'll let you wander and and do all those stupid things. Ladies, Proverbs 31 is all yours. Proverbs 31 is for you, man. I mean, we're, we're going through Proverbs this year as a church. I didn't say this first service, but I'll tell you. Why don't you stay, just read Proverbs 31 every day for you ladies. <laughs> but it talks about the virtuous woman in there. And you know that virtuous woman? She is not sitting around doing nothing, and she is not quiet. But listen to what she does say when she does speak. Because she understands what she's been called to do. And the benefits are amazing when the woman knows what she's supposed to be doing. And so let me share with you just a portion of her with you and the blessings and the benefits that she receives because of that. Verse 24 of Proverbs 31. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also and praises her. Wow. In an attempt in an attempt to go deeper in your walk, ladies. 
If you desire to do what the Word of God is telling you to do, to fall in rank, to be submissive, to do what you're supposed to be doing, and again, many of you are doing it right. Praise God. Continue to do that. Respect your husband. Honor him. Do the things that are right, and you will, be benef- you will benefit from them. But my prayer is that you who are doing it right will now pour into other ladies in this fellowship who are struggling with that. And you might be thinking, well, I don't know these ladies. Well, get to know some of the ladies that you sit around with. Cross the aisle and say, hey, man, why don't you be my friend? (laughs) Why don't we read together? Why don't we go through the reading program that a lot of these ladies are going through? Why don't you start that up and be an encouragement to those who are having a hard time? Now, for you ladies that have been struggling with this, would you be willing to submit yourself for the Lord's sake to do his will and come under the submission of your husband. Because I can guarantee you, in a year from now, you will find yourself in a different place, a good place. You will desire to be more submissive because you're loving what God is doing in your life. I could guarantee you that. The benefit will not only be for you, but for your family. And I can guarantee you, it will spill over into our congregation here in our church. And so some of you ladies who have already learned the lessons, pray. Pray how God might use you in a powerful way to minister to other ladies. Lay some knowledge on them. (laughs) Hey, honey, that's not the way you do it. Honey, just shut up. (laughs) You know, women use that word all the time. Honey, don't you? Because some of you guys have that knowledge and you zipped up and it's like, that's the only time you've been quiet. Come on. Talk to other ladies about this. In a little while, in just a second, we're going to have the worship team up here. And I know that we're going to have some prayer teams up here. And if you want to come up for whatever reason, then come on up. But right through that door right there is right across the hall is, is our conference room. And I have some ladies that are waiting for you in there, you ladies, who want just to have some personal prayer because you're struggling with this. You really don't want to come up in front of everybody. And you know what? Everybody can filter out and you can make your way back there. They're going to be there for a little bit. But they want to pray with you. It's ladies that I trust, that I know that they have dealt with these issues and they're in the right place. And I want to encourage you ladies, please don't let Satan just hold you back. Don't let your pride hold you back. Thinking like, man, if people knew that I have not been submissive. No, people already know that you haven't been submissive. It shows. Humble yourself. Put yourself under the authority of some of these other ladies that want to help you. And they really will. That's my heart, guys, for you. And I hope that this message for you ladies, you've taken it from a heart of a pastor who loves you, who loves your family. (laughs) Because I hate seeing families get destroyed. It's horrible. And it happens in our church. It's heartbreaking. Not just for me, gosh. I'm a third party here, man, but for your family. Your husbands, man, respect them. You show them respect and you'll see love in return. I guarantee you that, man. You know, guys, guys, they might be tough and they might act tough and stuff, but you know what? They like loving. They like respect, man. And you show them some respect, man. Just You know, that, it, it, that amplified portion that we just read over, 
If you don't have an Amplified Bible, go on Google or something and just punch in 1 Peter chapter 3, Amplified Version, print it out, put it in your Bible, read it every day. <laughs> You'll be a different woman. Your, your husband's like, whoa, who is that? <laughs> he might be thrilled. So let's stand as we close in prayer. And again, if you need prayer, there's people down here, but you ladies are invited to go right through those doors, that door and get some prayer. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this portion of scripture, Lord. And God, I pray for our ladies, Lord. I pray for my sisters here, many of them who have been struggling, Lord God, many who will find themselves in this difficult place right now, and they never thought they would, Lord God, but they have. And I pray for them, Lord, that, Lord, you would bring conviction upon them, that, Lord, there would be a desire for them to to seek your face, Lord, to do what's right, Lord. Father, my heart is that they would realize that they may have been the problem for their husbands disobeying your word. And I pray, God, that you would teach them what it means to have that quiet and gentle spirit, Lord. And use them, Lord, God. Change them from within. Lord, I pray, God, that our sisters here, Lord, God, would just humble themselves, Lord, in such a powerful way. And for those, our sisters who, who have learned these lessons already, they find themselves in a place where they can teach others. I pray that, Lord, you would open doors for them to share with others, Lord. To lay some knowledge on these, these other ladies who are struggling, Lord, that, that they might see just the fruit of being submissive, Lord. And so, Lord, I thank you, Lord. I pray for the men, Lord, God, that they would, um, if they've been disobedient, that you would convict their hearts right now, too. For walking away in a sense, Lord God, and putting their wives in that situation. And so, Lord, I do pray, God, that you bring conviction upon them as well. And I thank you, Lord God, for this time. I pray your blessing upon our congregation right now. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God.